0: I can't believe this artifact well actually the squirtle artifacts deck is built a lot better than the other ones but it's still not good
1: <laughs> yeah
0: i can't believe it's
1: like still being played i i don't really know what place it has the like i had to play against it with the cft sock deck when i was playing the cft sock deck and that was just an exercise in pure misery
0: for who i think
1: everyone me, my viewers,
0: my opponent. I don't know, I started that match and my power went off, so who's to say? Oh.
1: <laughs> well, game one ended and I had like six minutes on my clock and my opponent had nine minutes on their clock, so, you know. I mean, I, that's kind I, of I, the standard format. So, kind of, but this this one just had too many permanents in play. Like, a lot of the standard matchups, like resources get traded off, like things sweepers get played and stuff like that. But uh, this one was not like that.
0: I just kind of am surprised that we're in an era where there's one card to take over the game kind of deals. And mm-hmm. the only card that feels like that is kind of a fiend <laughs> yeah.
1: right now. Yeah. I mean, Gix plays a similar role, but it's kind of the same sort of thing. But yeah, uh, th- there is just a lot of
0: grinding in Standard generally. Gix feels a lot more interactable than rafine yeah because rafine is fast right
1: (laughs) it also like can do things solo in a way that Gigs can't so right yeah there's so many bad poison decks well yeah it was both halves of the finals of the first challenge this
0: weekend i want this deck to be fun but i don't think it is it's no it's not really <laughs>
1: it's just a, like a weird delvery kind of deck but not Act- in a way that's like very very satisfying
0: like i actually like the idea of one of the things i liked about the poison spells and the, the all will be one set mm-hmm. is that there are some cards that's just like get a poison and then you have like a dream of proliferating them and then venerated rock priest can also mm-hmm. give poison counters away but then just like all those cards are suck and the creatures are still bad and you're still doing them. Well, that just... is that is kind of the fun
1: part of it, if there is fun to be had, which is that like your creatures are very, very bad, but you're poking a hole in the metagame and you're just like trying to get things done before your opponent's much better cards can actually have an effect on, on the game. And you do win a fair number of games by just like eking out those last couple of poison points like marching your own creatures to trigger your rock priest to get those last three casting like the proliferate bounce spell to get through with a guy and give them one poison like that you know the it's not not fun to play there's something enjoyable about it but it's bad enough to suck a lot of the fun out of it when you just get like you know, your opponent plays Kumano Faces Kakazan on the play, and you're like, oh, well, I guess I'll just sit here and die. Interesting.
0: My creatures are all one ones.
1: Yeah, my creatures all cost more and are smaller than yours, So, and a bunch of them
0: can't block. Yeah, they even play um, Charge of the Mights, just more can't block stuff. Yeah, that one I don't think, that one I would recommend cutting from the deck. <laughs> just play more annex entries that always feels like the best card in the creature matchups anyway yeah
1: uh i mean yeah especially if people are But we're just kind of going into it huh? just (laughs) straight up the episode yeah we can stop (laughs) all right let's let's do a quick intro
0: and and get going intro us ccr intro us
1: hey everyone welcome to uh what, is, what episode is this episode 325? 25. yeah hey everyone welcome to episode three hundred and twenty five of the mtg grandcast the spikiest podcast in all of central north carolina we are your hosts i'm chris castor rappel with me is lee mcleod hey, lee. hey chris what's going on not much i have been playing a bunch of standard Played both of the standard challenges this weekend. Outside of magic, not that much. I'm I'm mostly doing magic right now, to be honest.
0: We're we're delaying the podcast recording by a day because there was a big storm yesterday and my power just failed. Yes, five thousand other people in my area. That did happen, customers. Which is (laughs) that's all we are.
1: People. That's that's what we are. Is we are customers. Oh, yeah. Like accounts, you mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. For like the power company. Yeah. Someone, because I, I posted like a screenshot in our little grandcast discord and someone said, wow, 5,000 people without power. And I'm like, no, that's, that's yeah. 5,000 households Houses. without power. Yeah. That's definitely more than 5,000 people.
1: Fortunately, I managed to keep my power on so I could continue my evening of battling with the CFT Sock deck, which also implies it, it's also me battling the CFT Sock deck. Because that one is... <laughs> Not easy. Not the easiest thing to to get matches
0: finished with. Yeah, it's also... It feels like one of those decks that's outside the wheelhouse you liked occupying.
1: <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, I don't mind playing something grindy and, you know, a little bit weird. But we'll, we'll talk about this deck a little bit in its own little section, probably.
0: Sure, and probably more next week after I actually win the rcq with it next weekend Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, i did say after that you left the stream as i was talking about how impossible it is to play that i was confident you would at least top 8 the rcq with it this weekend so
0: (laughs) probably one of the densest skilled rcqs because only people i know that are going like the the people that it's just like our 10 friends all playing domain so
1: (laughs) hopefully the last of my cards show up so that i can also play domain we'll see
0: i hope so too we can always do some scrambling drive to you know halfway to fayetteville see oh what the card stores out there have on friday I'm probably not willing to do that well i might be willing to do that and if i do i might just like send a message i'm on my way to x give me <laughs> what you need and i'll look for it well, i certainly won't ask
1: you to do that Unless it's, you know, if it's already happening, I'll take advantage of it. But
0: that's, that's what the scenario would be here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sure. So today I think we're, I mean, I have just been playing standard and, you know, like a little bit of cube on the side, but we're not really going to talk about cube. Um, so I think we're just mostly going to talk about standard today. I haven't been paying too close attention to pioneer and modern. I don't think there's like a, a ton of like super brand new developments besides like you know, scam continuing to resurrect itself in modern. And there's been a round tier
0: lists, the discussion of modern decks. Sure. People seem to agree. Amulet's good. Collins That's... did almost win a 5k that had like 12 people in it. <laughs> I thought it was 14 people. So that was initially reported. It was, in, it ended up being 12.
1: It was actually 12. And one of the other people in the top four was playing a pioneer deck.
0: Not like a deck you could, a, a pioneer legal deck list, did not play lightning bolt, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: kind of remarkable stuff. I don't, I don't understand how events like that happen, but good. good you, for... do, let
0: me, let me give you more about this. Cause this is kind of interesting to me. Yeah. So this was a con in Raleigh, which is the capital of North Carolina after any of those not in the know and I live uh, here yeah
1: <laughs> I, I didn't realize knew. this was in Raleigh I thought this was like the thing going on in uh Greenville or whatever I didn't realize
0: no there's a different tournament was. going on in Greenville which is actually pretty cool we we went to that one uh, mm-hmm. my car choosing not to go to the 5k for reasons I'll get into but chief among them was actually like uh, there's a lot of people in Greenville that I like and wanted to see so that was like a better reason for me to go than to mess with the con in Raleigh sure so we went to Greenville on I top 8 it, I and lost to Alan in the top eight, had a great time, whatever. But the con in Raleigh was animate. I don't know really anything about it. Collins could probably tell you something about it since he was at it. Mm-hmm. But the big problem with this event is that you had to pay for a badge to get in, then you had to pay for a entry fee for the tournament. And the badge was like $65. The entry fee was around the same. So you're looking at like $120 to get in to a tournament. Uh, it was a, it's a galaxy con event, which is something, again, I don't know what it is, but it's apparently the center of con- a, a series of cons. And from what I understand, they're not really, this is the first year they're ever doing magic tournaments. So I didn't even know it was the turnout was going to be like or anything. And I was in the back of my mind, this guaranteed air quotes 5k was only a 5k if they made their money like they got people to show up but that i didn't really expect them to honor it they actually did end up honoring it which was incredible <laughs>
1: uh yeah i honestly i didn't even know about this one which is i assume a bunch of other people didn't know about it and that is why like in addition to it being very expensive to enter that's why there were 12 people in this 5k
0: so on the day of it was mentioned that they the date of the tournament it mentioned that if you, as long as you paid the tournament fee, you did not have to pay the badge fee. But this was not advertised anywhere. And a lot of people, including Collins, had just already paid for both. Oh my God. So, yeah. Great. Kind of a mess all around. Yeah. No kidding.
1: I don't know. I probably would have gone to that if I had realized. And I just had no idea that it was happening. So, oh well.
0: Could have paid attention.
1: It was, it was in our little Discord. I was having trouble parsing like what people were talking about because there was just like a green it make thing sense. and yeah. yeah
0: that's fair the greenville yeah. one was fun too like I sure. really enjoyed it good I'm glad what, what was validating as I played that NT deck in modern like an Asmore NT deck and my conclusion with that deck it's was that I wanted to play more creatures and be more proactive because i was playing like Thoughtseize fatal push mm-hmm. and every time i drew Thoughtseize and fatal push i'm like god i just wish i had another creature or like any proactive spell or anything like yeah. i don't want to be casting these cards because they make my indies so much worse and then i think burnt toast got very high in a modern challenge was just mono red NT, which is basically the same engine the same Asmore Inti engine, but cut all the black cards except for Street Wraith uh, for just burn spells, mm-hmm. and Dragon's Rage Chandler, and that looks great to me. And I'm gonna play it tomorrow, at uh, local modern.
1: Yeah, that sounds nice. I I also watched Spike play like a Death Shadow Inti deck on stream today. That looked, you know, you're not playing the Asmore engine, so it's a a different deck, but it did look. Reasonably, it it looked pretty powerful. You're just playing attackers and Inti and Street Wraith and stuff, and it was killing people
0: pretty fast. Yeah, I saw that deck. I wasn't super impressed with it, but I also cannot stand Death Shadow. I hate that card. (laughs) I think it's really bad.
1: (laughs) But we're not really talking about modern today. We are focusing on standard because it is standard RCQ season. We're going to play our first one this weekend, hopefully. We'll play our first one this weekend. I
0: mean, I'm going to be there. Yeah. Uh, I wish I had extra decks to lend out. All I've got is like a collection of cards.
1: I probably can lend out the uh, Helping Hand Monastery Mentor deck if I'm not forced into playing it by the absence of the domain cards that I need.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And even then, you can lend out most of the domain cards.
1: Yeah, that's true. But, you know, (laughs) the only way I will have a whole deck is if I am playing it, so um played both of the challenges this weekend Uh, the standard meta on magic online has gotten pretty wild in a way that i don't think is going to be reflected at all in paper rcqs i think that the formats are going to diverge because it is really difficult to kind of audible in paper standard and find the cards that you need and people just kind of are going to have their decks and play them through the season with like small changes. And I, I don't
0: think that these small or no changes because you have, yeah, like no changes. four matches, and then go to the next week. Yeah, play, play the same deck. <laughs> yeah, and
1: you know you just don't have this base of like you don't you don't have your base of your box of standard playables the way you just have your pioneer and modern cards to make changes to your deck. Uh, I I I don't know. Exactly how, like, local RCQ metas are going to develop, but I don't believe that things like just showing up with like Bant toxic in en mass one week is a thing that can possibly happen, and then the next day everybody shows up with mono red aggro, which is what happened this weekend on Sunday.
0: Yeah, so where do you want to start tackling this? Because last week we kind of went through. Mm -hmm. big scope we talked about domain and some of the mid-range decks and we didn't really touch on toxic or modern red kind of at all yeah
1: because i and and you know this is just the more that i like get into standard and play it and try to pay attention to it the more i feel like i'm not quite getting a full
0: grasp of it so this is extremely common with everyone I've talked to who's playing standard right now. <laughs> yeah, every Discord I'm in, it, people are just like I'm lost. I can't win a match, can't figure yep. it out. Like I win and I don't understand why. Like, like good good
1: players, yeah. like people who have had a lot of success, it are are just
0: struggling in standard right now. So, bant poison you want to explain? Because you did end up playing this on I Sunday. I did.
1: So, you know, it, it's been like kind of around, but sl- a little bit of a, you know, if not a joke, kind of a, a nonsense deck somehow managed to be first and second place in the Saturday challenge. This is a mana base that like only a mother could love it is a like white based creature like toxic creature deck splashing green for only venerated rot priest and then playing a bunch of blue spells in it uh including like seven bounce spells which i think is too many bounce spells you've got fading hope and then a full grip of serum snares which is an instant for two mana that returns target non I guess I'm gonna have to read the text of most of these cards just Uh, assume
0: that if you don't know what the card does it references the poison mechanic and or proliferates yes
1: so serum snare bounces a non-land permanent and if that permanent had mana value three or less you get to proliferate that helps you know force through damage it proliferates if they target one your venerated rot priest and you bounce it then you get to put two poison counters on it on them it's it's well three poison counters on them because you get the one from their spell targeting the rot priest uh you play some counter spells in the main deck that bring the ending which is the one that if your opponent has three poison counters it's a hard counter for two mana or it is a quench if they don't have three poison counters and you play a full set of March of Swirling Mists, which phase out X creatures.
0: This is a classic from the Hanada deck, which I'm sure everyone remembers.
1: Well, it was the best deck in Standard for a while, but you only played like one March of Swirling Mists. So.
0: Also, no one played Standard, then.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, it your creatures are terrible. They are like really badly sized. Like, you don't quite have enough bad. of them.
0: Your biggest creature is a 1-4.
1: Yes. You're you're playing Crawling Chorus, which is the one one that dies into a mite. They both have Toxic. You're playing Skrelv. you're playing Venerated Rot Priest, playing a couple of Annex sentries, Jawbone Duelist is the two mana, one one double strike, toxic. You're playing, and this is just a mistake. These lists have three Skrelvs Hives main deck. Uh you want Skrelv's Hive every single yeah, it's game It's like the best card. It's the only good card in the deck and uh all of your cards are better if you have Skrull's hive and yeah. these all have like one in the sideboard to so you can have the full set for when your opponent brings in more targeted removal against you but it's also just like the card that you want to play turn to every single game so please please play four in your main
0: deck and to contrast this with the selesnia toxic deck you may be mm-hmm. a lot more familiar with this is more like Get on board early, deal some poison damage, and then like combo them out with poison counters via your rot priests or your proliferate cards. Yeah, because you don't have ways to really do that much. And to scroll is excellent at actually getting through poison damage. Yeah, because you don't have the good creatures, the good air quotes, good creatures that the Slesnia deck has, like a uh, Slaughter Singer and Bloated Contaminator. Slaughter mm-hmm. Singer is the Lord, Bloated Contaminator is the three mana, four, four with trample you right. don't have those cards so you're just not gonna win in combat
1: no you're really not and and that was you know i played this after the first challenge which i played domain in i i played in the sunday challenge as well and i just like played bant poison i put two what's her name Malira. i put two Maliras in my sideboard because it was funny to do that but i didn't play i did play round one against like a mono white poison control deck and brought her in but probably shouldn't have that was a very weird match my opponent just cast a five mana the wrath that kills all creatures above the number like with power greater than the number that you choose which just killed them to cast so that was weird
0: there was a green-white Toxic deck in the Sunday challenge that had three Maleras in their sideboard, so a lot of Poison <laughs> respect. Oh, that was Zoe, yeah. I wonder, because she
1: she may have seen our brief conversation in the Discord about this. It was the
0: briefest of conversations. You said, what are some good sideboard cards against Poison? And I said, Malera? Question <laughs> mark? And I said,
1: oh, lol. And then I put two at my sideboard.
0: And It's actually, maybe- I think, better against the... Uh, Scrails I have inventoryed lot rot priest straws than you would think because it does stop you from getting you can't get proliferated or rot priested out when you have oh yeah card. I
1: think in the mirror it's like fantastic for sure generally I like the deck is like the domain matchup is unlosable unless you just really don't keep a playable hand whatsoever like the things you're doing you're just playing one mana creatures that are hitting your opponent for poison if you draw a single counter spell then, you know, their one sunfall isn't going to resolve. Uh, and March of Swirling Mist obviously counts for that. Their blockers don't block on time, and their spells just aren't... Like, you put too many little dudes in play, and they don't solve the things fast enough. And casting, like, an Atraxa doesn't do anything. The life gain off of their Archangel of Wrath doesn't do anything. So that's kind of, like, the basic starting places. Like, this is the aggro deck that really none of Domain's tools make any sense against. You have some outs to blockers, but only if you're really pressuring them fast. So generally, the any other deck that's playing creatures gets extremely difficult extremely quick quickly. Preacher of the Schism was basically unbeatable at all times for me playing this deck. <laughs> Especially once it like made a white creature token... So then I'm looking at my scroll, trying to get my double striker through, and they have like a black creature, or a red creature, and a white creature in play, and I'm just like, I have no way to do do this. This isn't. This this doesn't feel like it's gonna end very well for me.
0: Yeah, they really figured it out, and so I also think it's really easy to get the double trigger with preacher, mm-hmm. just because the the poison creatures do so little damage.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And I was trying to, I, I had a couple of spots where I pr- probably should have paid life with Skrelv for like no reason and like used a pain land for pain for no re- like just to get my life total lower so that they wouldn't be getting double triggers off of the Pre- yeah. preacher. And I, I missed that like at least once where I think that I, I could have made that play and it would have been better.
0: I think that kind of thing with preacher specifically because of the pain lands is really easy to overlook and can be pretty important in some games. Yeah. Not even that specific matchup, just like in general. Even if you're playing a preacher, maybe you shake a pain sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And and I had at least one opponent who was doing that kind
1: of aggressively when it was important to, and I think that it's just something that makes sense to do and you need to be aware of it in this standard. I think that's a really good point. My matchups with Toxic, I I top 16, I missed top 8 like on breakers and was very close because I 4 to start the tournament. <laughs> I played against uh like the big Rakdos deck a couple of times. I lost to Mono Red. The the Big Rakdos deck, although they have a bunch of Brotherhood's ends, that was kind of their only relevant card and nothing else really mattered. And as long as you played around that you mostly got there against them because they're similar to domain the match was probably a little worse but mostly as long as you draw a march of Swirl- basically every game as long as i drew a march of swirling mist i was like i think i can win this one so that that's
0: the reason to play blue in the deck that card is really good in this deck yeah even more so than the the cards that have the mechanic on it <laughs>
1: yeah getting blockers out of the way great saving your creatures, great saving your creatures and getting venerated rot priest triggers off of all of them. that's like, I think that's why at first somebody was like, Ooh, I'll try March of swirling mist. And then it's stuck because like, that's a really cute combo and it's obviously powerful when it happens. But the cards just good, like almost all the time, as long as you have any number of creatures on the board.
0: Yeah. You can also do all three, like at the end of your opponent's turn. You can right just exile a blue card. To help pay for it and target two of your guys, one of their guys. Your guy phases in on your turn, but their guy doesn't phase in until their turn.
1: Yeah. The problem with the deck is, you know, your creatures are terrible. So if you're not having multiple creatures in play and really pressuring once your opponent gets any number of blockers in play it's really hard to get through especially if you never get the first couple of poison counters on so you can't use the seed core to pump your attackers through their blockers which is one of your only like persistent ways of getting damage through and also the mana base is truly horrific there's like seven colorless lands in here for the purpose of casting your blue spells and you have so many blue spells (laughs) and like 10 whole sources for them uh it's not constructed correctly yet so there's some work to be done on the mana base that i would recommend i mean the main changes i would say are play the fourth scurl's hive main deck don't play charge of the mites that card isn't very good play an extra blue source or two and you know go from there
0: yeah i don't Man, just none of the lists have four Skrulls Hives, huh? Why? why? It's because so they're all just copied.
1: My list didn't have four Skrulls hive because I was just like, I've never, I hadn't played a game with the deck before, so I just copied the one that won the, t- the tournament.
0: Yeah, but they're not all just copied because I see some of them have seemingly random numbers of the other spells that aren't the sure. same, and they all have three Skrulls Hives, and it's so weird to me. Like, this it's... one has Slaughter Singer in it, but it still has three Skrulls Hives.
1: Well, you know, if you're putting more two drops in there, then...
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah have, heaven forbid it. you cut one of your four Annex Sentries It's in the version of this deck, but none oh of the God. other ones. So the problem with Annex Sentry is that it is
1: a three-mana creature that dies to cut down, and generally dies to cut down in a way that blows you out completely mid-combat. Because you can't... It's so hard to play around the one-mana removal spell. Like, if they have it, they have it, and you just get got. So... The saving grace, however, is that there are fewer cutdowns in this metagame than there probably have been for a while, and it is immune to go for the throat, so it has a certain amount of insulation against removal, but I've cut down a couple of annex entries in close games that were no longer close after that happened.
0: I yeah, also because you, your creatures are always bigger than theirs, so it's yeah. pretty easy to win combat after that,
1: right? You put a surprise creature into play and remove one of their guys. The you're going to win that combat.
0: Oh, no, the creature. I'm playing one one's.
1: My my opponent attacked with five creatures. I cast. I, so I was playing the CFT sock deck. My okay. opponent attacked with five creatures into like one blocker to which would get four poison counters through. But then I Cast an ertai to untap Myrona and kill their Annex Sentry and just wipe out, like, all of their <laughs> relevant
0: attackers. Three legends in play. Start cycling lands.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about that deck in a minute. Anyways, I can't really recommend Bant Poison, but if your entire metagame is Domain and Big rectos then sure... But if other people are like, my entire metagame is Domain and Big Rakdos, I suppose I'll play Mono Red. You're not going to have a good time. And that's what happened on Sunday, is that people just switched over to Mono Red and it crushed the Sunday challenge.
0: Yeah, one of, one of our locals is trying to play Bant Poison, and I did not try to talk him out of it, even though I don't think Bant Poison's a good deck, because like all the people I know are building Domain, so what, yeah. what's the downside?
1: So it's probably okay. <laughs> I am building my domain deck specifically to like adjust for the aggro decks being present, but I'm not, not going to play domain because it's hard, hard to switch off of decks in standard. That's what I have. It's tough to build something else.
0: I mean, if you try to build something else, you're not even going to get the cards in time.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I, I definitely was on the, like, I, I didn't think that Bant toxic was a very good deck and that it made both halves of the finals of the first challenge I still don't think it's a very good deck after playing it although I did take it to 10th place on Sunday and and Zoe with Selesnya Toxic top aided that challenge as well but I, I did run into mono red aggro at the end of it there were three mono red decks in the top eight of that challenge it was not a tenable matchup for either us or I assume the domain players who played against it in this tournament the top domain deck in the Sunday challenge came in at 24th place magic online and and I switched to toxic because I played domain in the Saturday challenge and my matchups were entirely like metagame decks designed to beat up on domain like I played against breach the multiverse Ractos, I played against mono red both of those twice it was it was five like matchups that were that only existed to beat me and then one esper deck and then did my opponent's toxic no you're right i did play against toxic once yeah i i, I played against big Raktos twice i played against toxic once i played against monored twice and i played against esper as the only like kind of normal matchup and i split my matchups against Raktos, split my matchups against monored obviously lost to toxic and then my opponent didn't show up the last round and so then i squeaked <laughs> into top 32 somehow the online metagame is deeply, deeply unfriendly to Domain. That's why I didn't show up with it on Sunday, and nobody did well with it on Sunday. So the that, that's what's going on on Magic Online. Domain has been pushed out by the format being really, really unfriendly to it.
0: For now. Eventually, those small aggro decks will get beaten up by mid-range decks. Like, we talked about how bad bans creatures are. Mm -hmm. Even the green-black deck we maligned last episode is going to just beat the pants out of any small creature deck. Oh, yeah, I played
1: against it once. It was not enjoyable. It was a terrible experience.
0: And if people start playing those mid-range decks again, then Domain just can come right back and snatch them up.
1: (laughs) As I was four the challenge with bant toxic i was simultaneously like 0-3 dropping a league with bant toxic playing against the <laughs> other half of the metagame decks that i just couldn't possibly beat in a thousand years
0: yep black mid-range <laughs>
1: Ge- yeah generally black mid-range with preacher of the schism and cut downs and uh like a, a couple of sweepers in the board or something getting Path of Periled and their Preacher of the Schism is still in play is not good. <laughs> <laughs> Fun. It survives Brotherhood's end too. Like, that's a legit plan, is put a Preacher into play and then cast a Sweeper when they commit to try to get through the Preacher. Uh, I think that works against Mono Red as well. A preacher just real, real good at helping you beat up the decks that are a little bit smaller than you.
0: Yeah, I still don't know how I feel about Mono Red. It doesn't seem that good to me, but it does, like, no. put up numbers every now and then.
1: Well, so here's what is up with it. It is better than, you know, the last time we kind of like were addressing how good is Bonner Red in Standard was like leading up to Worlds, right? And at that point, it didn't have Godric and it didn't have Charming Scoundrel and the other decks didn't have up the beanstalk was a pretty big thing so domain was playing like courier's briefcase and not up the beanstalk which is a pretty significantly different way to spend your turn two against this load of the ground aggro deck make a treasure and a blocker versus draw a card and maybe draw a card in the future that's that's a tremendous difference and so the domain deck is significantly worse against mono red the mono red deck is a little bit more efficient a little bit better at bashing through blockers and so it's okay i still like i i I don't know the like phoenix chicks and then monastery swiss is like I, i feel like a lot of its non-Kumano Faces Kakazan like openers are just like yeah this is not enough damage for you to kill me this game
0: but, it does feel like you have to get lucky somewhere yeah. or draw Godric as early as possible you can turn it on but, yeah oof.
1: but you do also just have opening hands that have Kumano Faces Kakazon in it and that card just deals like six damage for one mana
0: I also like a door or a Rusk's Forge out of the sideboard I think mm-hmm. that card is really really good
1: yeah it's a nice one for sure
0: it's the red wedding announcement as it were
1: also i've had people bring in furnace punisher against me when i'm on domain that's not what furnace punisher is for that's not why it's in the sideboard so don't don't do that
0: there's like domain has so many basic lands in it furnace punisher is for decks without basic lands
1: yes it's it's like quite good against Esper and you know the deck that not only has no basics but also just has pain lands in it and will take some amount of damage off of its lands. Furnace Punisher really hard to beat as Esper honestly
0: It's also kind of tricky because you need to put pressure on them and Furnace Punisher is like the biggest creature in that deck other than Godric and it (laughs) also has Menace
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, That one is nice, yeah for sure
0: Throw a Kamada Face's Kakazan counter on it and just go to town
1: Menace is real, real good. I don't know. And this is a thing that I want to try to figure out over like this week and next week is sort of the specific positioning of the different black mid-range decks and like when to pick each one up in particular. You know, you've got your Demir, you've got your Esper, you've got your and now again, and you know, this is just another example of like, I was wrong. I don't. Or, or at least like i don't necessarily understand everything that's going on in standard you know i would never have picked up the medium-sized rakdos mid-range deck the cruelty of Gix deck that its biggest creature is trumpeting carnosaur but here it is in top eight of the sunday challenge because i think that its positioning against the aggressive decks is quite good it has Good removal against them. It's playing the Deep Cavern Bats and Blood Tithe Harvesters and four Preachers of the Schism. So it matches up really nicely there, is able to play a medium-large game where it casts a Cruelty of Gix for a Trumpeting Carnosaur that was a removal spell a turn before, and just kind of like go off from there in a a way that is relatively efficient. So good against both the aggro decks and I think the kind of medium-sized mid range decks, because other people are, like, beating Domain. So, you know, in hindsight, it makes sense, like, oh, I can see how you top 8 it with this deck, but I would never have picked it up and taken it into this tournament.
0: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me as much, mostly because uh, my problem with it last week was that it's one of those black mid-range decks that's, like, not, like, very bad against Domain. But kind of like you playing Toxic on Sunday... If you think a deck is if you think a deck is going to push domain out because it's just you know two band toxics just one but you don't right. want to play toxic because you think it's a heinous deck and you want to play a deck that capitalizes on domain being absent and also beats the pants out of the toxic decks that just one. yeah this is a great choice yeah and i i think that
1: There are spots for it because I think my my baseline assumption had been kind of we're not going to end up in tournaments where domain is getting like although it is a beatable deck. I I didn't see it getting just crushed necessarily, but I I think that I'm just wrong about that because it it is a beatable deck. Like I've been beating it with stuff and other people are smart, too, and will beat it with other stuff. So it's it's not just going to be there all the time and especially on moto where things move really fast and people know what their enemy is and make their choices accordingly uh this standard metagame is going to shift pretty quickly now prepping for rcqs i think it's an entirely different ball game and i think that domain is going to be 20 percent of your room there are going to be some number of people playing the aggro decks because they're very cheap and people are going to have their decks that they play for the RCQ season and not be shifting around too much.
0: That's why I personally really like the Demir deck as like mm-hmm. the mid-range deck. I think it's the most flexible one because it can hold its own against Domain. And you're still a black mid-range deck that can do black mid-range stuff. Like You're not as powerful as like the black-red versions, but that's okay if mm-hmm. you don't want to change from week to week. I, I think blue black is the kind of mid-range deck I actually like for like an RCQ season more than the other ones
1: I was thinking about this too and I think I agree your man and base is cleaner than espers by quite a bit and you don't necessarily need I mean you know you have the best matchup against domain of any of the black based mid-range decks like you're designed to beat domain and then because you're two colors and relatively low to the ground, I think you can switch things up and be good against the aggro decks. I think you can have a sideboard plan and have a lot of preachers and be really good against mono red and against toxic. I do think that you're positioning against the other black midrange decks. You you just don't have like the value engines. You don't have rafines or you don't have like inties or whatever. You're, you're like missing that piece of the equation for those sorts of matchups but i wonder if that might be like the least important matchup in a paper rcq
0: i also think it's going to be the less stilted like uh in 11th place on sunday someone was playing invasion of Amonkhet, which is a card i haven't really seen that much of mm-hmm. before now uh and that's an interesting way to get yeah access to cards that are would be trumps but you can't play that is pretty cool
1: yeah certainly neat against domain if you can make it into an atraxa but also you know you cut down a rafine and then turn this
0: and into then a turn roughene. it into a Rafine, yeah it's great a four four rafine at that
1: yeah that that's really cool I'm into it
0: so I think the like mid-range pseudo mirror is a lot more fixable than you would think yeah and also there, it's a mid-range mirror there's gonna be a bunch of play to it anyway sure
1: yeah I I am into this and I may may lean into Demir in a, an rcq or or to this season well I don't know how many rcqs we're even gonna be able to play in but i've got
0: four know. on my calendar now i've doubled since last time oh okay great i have not but looked at the thing so your radius of driving is so small i don't actually even know if it changes yours <laughs> well where, where are your rcqs uh, i'm scrolling up i think there's a second one at cape fear yeah there's a second one at cape fear which is in wilmington mm-hmm. and then there's another one in cornelius mm. i P- mean pbkw P- P-
1: I, I may be willing to go to Wilmington Are either of those two slaughters.
0: They are both two slaughters.
1: I, I might do that.
0: <laughs> That's we'll at the much... end of February, I believe.
1: Okay. I think I can make, make some of that happen.
0: We'll see. It gives you plenty of time if you order cards today. They might when arrive. They might get mo- here. I have before. a
1: lot of these cards that I just kind of ordered just in case anyways, uh, but not quite all of them. I don't have invasions of Amonkhet if that ends up being the thing. I also didn't get Malcom's, which I probably just should have because Ooh, that, I really like that card.
0: Yeah, you really like that card. You should just buy that card. Yeah, it's, you know, 50 cents. So It's so much cheaper than Fairy Mastermind. Yeah. <laughs> It's so much cheaper
1: than fairy master can i just play it instead
0: well you can't play both if you play it instead yeah Yeah,
1: and and you do want to play some fairy
0: masterminds yeah the cards very good yep i i I, i'm a big fan of demir i think it's not a deck i'm likely to to want to play myself but I think it's the perfect seasonal deck hmm
1: yeah I think it's a good one. Oh wow this one's playing three graveyard trespassers main deck and no that's interesting like th- this build was definitely metagamed towards the aggro decks that were pushing Demir you know there's no Ty- Tishana's Tidebinders in this list anymore it's mm-hmm. you know we've got three graveyard trespassers in there actually not not even preachers interesting
0: I don't I don't really Necessarily. You can understand understand that. The I, I like Breacher here. more than Graveyard, graveyard Trespasser personally, but you know, whatever. I, I yeah. like I don't Graveyard Trespasser is a card I've only entertained playing because I didn't want to pay the money for GIX. <laughs> that's that's it.
1: <laughs> it's mostly a card that is very functional if anybody's doing graveyard stuff in the format. And but that's just not happening. N- nobody's doing graveyard stuff in the format. It's wonderful when it is a beater and a hate card, and it's just not a hate card right now.
0: Like, I I put unlicensed hearses in my standard box, and they're just kind of there. I don't know why I bothered. Yeah, it's not
1: not relevant. Like, the cruelty of Geek's deck is not one that you'll sideboard in unlicensed hearses against. Like, that's just a way to lose to their mid-range cards.
0: Right, so I just, I, I don't know what I was doing there.
1: But it's standard legal. Right, yeah. I love the nightclubbers in the sideboard. I don't even know the text of that card. It's uh it's like a an Orzov pontiff type card. It's for oh, beating okay, toxic
0: sure. with. It's just a, a clean plague Yeah,
1: Yep, <laughs> that'll that'll do it. I saw a screenshot of uh somebody with Skrull's, Hi- oh, Skrull's Hive in play versus a Kervec.
0: Oh, the Knight of Souls Betrayal creature?
1: Yeah. In, That's I, a rough I, one. I don't know if it was Pioneer or Modern, but it was gross looking.
0: Yeah, Karvik is what? A 4-mana 3-2, I think? Yeah. it gives all creatures minus 1, minus 1? Other creatures get minus I'll, 1, Oh, sorry. All one. other creatures minus 1, minus 1. <laughs> <laughs> it's from, like, the last core set, I believe. M- M21. Hmm?
1: Yeah. So, yeah. uh, I can't recommend playing toxic although that is the deck that I did the better of the two this weekend if you're going to an RCq I think yeah I think my my decks that I would play at an RCq this weekend and expect to be able to be successful with I think domain is a fine choice but I I would recommend having a game one plan for the mirror because of time considerations I think that I, I've, I've talked with Jarvis about this. We've both played a fair amount of domain. And although it is like a little bit theory based, it's just you don't want to leave yourself. You, you don't want to make the game one a coin flip and then potentially have to win two post board games in the domain mirror. That's not a good spot to have put yourself into given how long these games take. So I think you want a breaker for game one. So I will probably be main decking a Jace because everybody's already main decking the Nissa, so we got to go a little bit harder. And then maybe you can win the match 1-0 or whatever, but you, you don't want to be down a game in the matchup. I, I think Domain is a fine choice. Uh, I'll be main decking temporary lockdowns because I think that it is good against everybody else right now. And I don't think that 4-mana uh, Wrath is actually that powerful, Most, heavily because of Subterranean Schooner, i don't want to be kind of doing the exact same thing as my sun falls with my like flex removal spots i want either cheap targeted removal or something like temporary lockdown that solves a card like that
0: i also think it's going back to time considerations uh especially earlier in the rcq season which we are right now uh, a lot of people aren't familiar with playing standard, especially in paper. Like, even if they right. played a bunch on Arena or MTGO, it's people are just going to be playing slower and reading more cards. So yep. y- you really don't want to play three games of a domain mirror. It's just not... M- might be possible.
1: <laughs> yeah. And although there are no fetchlands, a domain mirror involves topiary stompers, it involves Invasion of Zendikar, and herd migration, all of which make you search your deck and shuffle. So there's... They're long games and there are time-consuming game actions, so uh,
0: that's a thing that you got to be aware of. Up the Beanstalk, too. That one's, uh, I have too many cards in my hand, what do I right. do? Oh no, oh no. Gotta go to
1: clean up and figure out which ones to discard, and c- casting spells to get them out of my hand puts more cards
0: into my hand, and this is, attracts us, and it, it can be a lot.
1: Why why can't I hold all these cards type situation?
0: You start dropping all your oranges. Yeah it's rough it's it's rough
1: <laughs> so um, similar concerns with the deck that we have not talked about yet which you will be playing at this rcq the let's, cft let's talk about it because i
0: deck. yeah this is a, a four color slow deck essentially lee what's the text of slow uh it's a three three with trample it's a blue green card kind of like oko it's it's just like oko <laughs> it's exactly like oko <laughs> Uh, it's a three-three with trample. Whenever a land card is put into your graveyard from anywhere, you put a plus plus one counter on it. Uh which, you know, milling, them blowing up your land with field of ruins, you discarding a land, all of that puts counters on Slowgirk.
1: Not plausible Heroes, though, because as I learned the first time I activated a plausible of Heroes that it actually exiles itself.
0: That's actually super important.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it would be like pretty fucked up trying to kill a Slogurk out of a deck that put Plaza of Heroes into its graveyard when it t- used it.
0: You can also remove three counters from Slogurk to return it to its owner's hand, uh, which matters because whenever Slugurk leaves the battlefield, you can pick up three lands from your graveyard. That's the whole text of the card. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot
1: of text. That's that's a substantial amount of abilities.
0: Yeah, it's it's super nice. It also triggers off a lot of weird stuff in the format like uh breach the multiverse mills mm-hmm. 20 cars among players yeah. and my, my and your... opponent
1: the first game i played with this my opponent cast breach the multiverse and immediately made my slow Girk a seven seven
0: yeah just from a three three yeah
1: so i killed the the stuff they got back and just started attacking them with slow Girk. it was great
0: the way this deck works is it's kind of a, a legends value deck i had known about this deck since enough time to order cards so like three weeks ago mm-hmm. but since then it has gotten more and more popular and i say popular meaning that cft sock has simply won more and more with it
1: yes they got <laughs> second in the sunday challenge with it this weekend
0: yeah so it's an anti sloker deck that's like the main core uh with relic of legends so you can use your goal is to just put these legends into play uh and have this engine of Inti and Slogurk with the channel lands. Because all the channel lands put counters on Slogurk, some of them more than one, like Takanuma. If you mill a land, you can get more counters. Uh, and if you have a slogurk in play, and an Inti in play, you're like you're you're going off. You're drawing cards with Inti while you're discarding cards with Slogurk, and you can bounce your slogurk to get back your lands. And it's really hard to get Slogurk off the table permanently. Because every time your opponent tries to target it with something, you can just return it to your hand with Odawara or get it back with Takanuma. And you get those lands back whenever Slow leaves a battlefield. So it can lead to this. The first game I watched was that Breach deck that you were playing against. The first game I watched, you watched. And <laughs> you were complaining about your opponent just keep casting like seven mana cards. And they did, they cast like four, seven mana cards every turn but at the end of each of your turns your board was the exact same because none of their cards could stop you (laughs) right
1: they couldn't beat me but i just knew that i wasn't going to have enough time to complete the match because it like All they had to do was pay seven mana for a Kaya and then minus on a thing. And then I had to return my slogurk, like get my lands back, go to my turn, like do stuff with my lands. Like put Slogurk in play do stuff with my lands, try to clear their Kaya. And it, it took me like 15 game actions when they were taking like two. And so I was just like losing like clock equity every single turn cycle. And by the fourth like seven drop, I was just like, oh, oh my God, I can't keep up i can't take this many game like this game action ratio is not working out in my favor here
0: like you're clearly going to win the game because you cannot be interrupted and you're outvaluing them right but your time equity is low
1: yeah <laughs> and you know the fact that i was streaming and like talking through stuff like hurt me a little bit too but i i just like could not make the number of plays that i needed to within my my clock like it just didn't work and so i won the first game but then i had five minutes left on my clock like I and, uh, I and my opponent had used up a fair amount of clock too but not as much as me and uh, it just well i just couldn't do it man yeah
0: that's that's one of the worrying things about uh going to play this deck on paper too but i think it can be solved it, the the main takeaway from this deck is that you're playing relic of legends and a bunch of legends to discount the cheapness of your channel lands like they get really cheap to channel Uh, especially with rona you can really make some mana with rona and relic of legends yeah when you get to the point where
1: you like have relic in play you have a a rona and you you can like cast your slow several times in a turn and like be channeling several lands each iteration because you're getting mana refunded both because the rona triggers and because you get a mana from tapping your slow when it comes into play so you, you can do a lot
0: yeah which you know could be just bouncing a bunch of their permanents with Odawara, or making a bunch of one ones with sokins on or, or mm-hmm. whatever like you can you can do a lot of stuff when you're channeling lands multiple times a turn that's kind of like the the draw of the deck the engine yeah but it is certainly not a deck literally as we've been talking about it and i've known about this deck for almost a month now Mm -hmm. i've only known two people to ever play it (laughs) in a a tournament yeah that's that's pretty low
1: (laughs) it's it's a tough one to sign up for like i know i gotta play seven rounds with this deck and i gotta like keep my pace of play up the whole time I got to be killing my opponent I have to be and there's just a lot of things to keep track of too like you don't you want to be putting the right lands into play so that you have the correct colors of mana to cast your spells and aren't like losing the ability to channel one of the lands that you'll need to channel in the future so you just you know it's not that hard once you've done it a few times but you do need to make sure you put in the right lands into play that is a, a consideration that's a little different from other decks Uh, The main problem that I ran into, the main way to stop you from doing the strong stuff with the deck is just like if your first two legends get killed, then everything just costs a billion mana and you, you, you can't pay your channel costs because they're not discounted enough. And so you're really struggling to put lands into your graveyard, which is a problem that's doubled up. Like they've killed your inties and your ronas, so those aren't putting lands in your graveyard for free. You also don't have your legends in place, so you can't pay your channel costs, and if you don't have Lance in your graveyard, then Slogirk doesn't have text, and so you run into this thing where if your opponent goes like cut down into go for the throat, then your cards don't really function anymore. But if you're playing a longer game, then you do have the grindiest, like most impressive engine in standard. So that's the payoff.
0: Yeah, I, I've seen this deck beat Domain just by out grinding them yep like they just cast all their seven drops and it just doesn't matter (laughs) yeah this is
1: this is the one deck that you would put unlicensed hearse in your sideboard for but you uh, you again two people you're not going to play against it so you shouldn't put unlicensed hearse in your sideboard
0: right like the i'm going to be playing it at the rcq that's mm-hmm. going to happen it just looks like the most fun deck in the format and also very good yeah and also i feel like i mean i'm talking about it on the podcast now now so people will know that it exists and what it does but i i still think you know i'll have opponents that will breach the multiverse against me and my slow group will get huge yeah. oh for <laughs> just sure be, oh right that yeah that's a thing
1: yep I was, I I didn't like realize that that is what was going to happen until like the breach resolved. And I was like, wait, how many lands just got put in my graveyard? And then I saw four slugger triggers and I was like, yeah, that's all right. All right. I'm down for this.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of really small things that all add up to make this deck really complicated. (laughs) Like the, the mana discounting on channel is a big one especially playing against removal like if you have two legends in play and only two mana open and they try to interact with one of your creatures you probably should channel a land before you lose the ability to yeah i messed that
1: up at least once or twice
0: but that gets alleviated if you have relic of legends because it reduces the number of like untapped legends you need in order to channel a land and just random minor stuff like that like if you channel on your opponent's turn with an empty out you get to exile top card of your deck and you can play it until the end of your turn instead of Write that turn, like you're usually playing with NT. You know, like when you attack with NT and then you discard a card, you have to play that card until end of turn. But when you discard your opponent's turn, you still get until the end of your turn to do it. Yeah, because it's Which, templating
1: five of that effect. There's so many different yeah. <laughs> timing restrictions on on these impulse effects.
0: You really have to read every single impulse draw card very carefully. Yeah, like uh, Alan told me this past weekend that seek the beast from questing druid mm-hmm. does not allow you to play cards on your end step. Like you can only play them until your end step, which means that if you seek the beast during your end step, you cannot do anything else.
1: Well, no, if you if you cast it on your end step, you can because it's until your next end step you may play those cards. It's just if you play it on your turn and then they do something on your end of turn you can't respond you know if, if you, you can't like, like bolt them off your exile stack exactly or, or if you flip a counter spell then you can't they can cast their spell at end of turn and then you can't counter it so yeah very very weird I think Inti which is the something same
0: that templating. only. yeah Inti is the same yeah but it's also like less important because Inti decks are not as like questing sure it seems play in murktide Inti is not C play and non-aggressive right. decks for the right, most right. part like this slugert deck is kind of an exception like it's not a reactive deck but it's also not counter spelling you <laughs>
1: <laughs> another thing that i ran into is like you're a 29 land deck which is like generally fine like you don't really get flooded because your lands do so many things but if, if you don't keep making your land drops turn five six and seven then you really feel choked on mana because you want to just like keep dumping mana into channeling lands and doing stuff and and when you can't do it like if you have exactly the wrong amount of mana then you can end up wasting like two mana a turn cycle where you have stuff to do but you just can't pay the costs because you want
0: to spend like 10 mana a turn yeah and just heavily discount it through relic of legends or having legends in play
1: right and that 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 was the like major pain point for me is like when i just didn't have enough legends in play and it was like this Takinuma costs three mana and it's the only thing i can do this turn was not not a good situation to be in
0: i'm but looking i'm really really looking forward to playing this one this weekend
1: the, the deck is very sweet and it obviously cft sock is a genius both for coming up with the deck and also for being able to play it at a level a high enough level to make the finals of a challenge with it Uh, like hats off to them for that very
0: impressive yeah this is their i think third or fourth challenge in a row that they've played in that they have placed in the top 32 with this Mm -hmm. deck various versions of it but the same like anti slow
1: I I will say the the way that these standard challenges play out the top top 32ing them is you know I stumbled into the top 32 on Saturday off of a 3-3 record and then uh but you know c- continuing to do it over and over with a deck that is this difficult to play is is definitely you know big props for that.
0: Yeah, it's it's very cool. I can't wait to stumble my way through it. Having not played any games with it yet, uh, Titania is awful. I
1: get that its purpose in the deck is like to let you lock Mono Red out, I think, at some point. Yeah, but that's what holy crap! A a 3 4 reach for three is just not it in any other matchup. Like putting it into play against Esper or or Demir and just hoping that it stops things from happening, and Esper's just like. I could kill this or I could just play this Rafine, and now my bat is too big for your Titania to block was a thing that
0: happened to me and was really, really miserable. That's when you remove the counters from the bat with your Glissa. With your Glissa, of course. (laughs) When you're hitting with Glissa, you're doing okay. Yeah, well, I mean, it's pretty easy. It's hard to block usually
1: well so the problem is that you have a lot of guys that cost three mana and if they start go for the throating them then you're losing a mana on each exchange and then the yeah, things yeah. go not great for you
0: the trick is we have to find somewhere to put arg so we make titania even oh
1: better God. this mana base is is <laughs> you know you're 29 lands you've got a four color land or you've got a five color land in there and it's still it's it's still close
0: it's also not optional to to meld with Argoth, if you didn't know that, like, you, <laughs> you really got it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have no choice.
1: I mean, this is like, coincidentally, wait. Yeah. How does, how does her meld work? You have to have like four lands. You in your have graveyard. to have four
0: or more lands in your graveyard at the beginning of your upkeep and control both permits. Yeah.
1: I mean, this is a deck that can have those four lands in its graveyard relatively easily, but still tough to make it work and also argoth is not a land that this deck can afford to play i don't think
0: i don't know i might play it for memes because i'm missing cards from ordering cards yeah
1: (laughs) isn't one of the cards we're missing the titanias though
0: i have i guess you had okay all right yeah i'm missing the third titania which is arguable that i will even play but that is the card i'm missing that's fair
1: i think yeah, we were on, on the same page as I recommended playing a copy or two of Bohar in the deck and you were way ahead of me. I think yeah. one more two drop that can put lands into your graveyard on its own accord for no mana
0: is helpful. Mm-hmm. I, I like Bohar. I had Unctus in, in an earlier version, but that was way too ambitious. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's really I, good when you're going off, but yeah,
1: not before then cost double blue and needs you to have other stuff if i I want more two mana legends in the deck is is my primary like thing that i would like to do to streamline it a little bit it i, I think is is how i felt after playing it
0: i may also play an unctus in the sideboard because i'm again lacking of sideboard options <laughs> if i play against a mid-range deck i'm just yeah. gonna crush them i mean
1: So, the deck is extremely good when you get to untap with Rona especially, but also Inti. And if you ever get to untap with both of those, or if you untap with Rona and then you play an Inti, like, you know, it has these, like, really powerful mini combos. Anytime they don't have the removal spell for your 2-drop, you do feel really, really good. So, that's... that. The deck is really impressive when it's just like, yeah, Rona's stuck, I get to start looting with this thing and untapping it.
0: Which, by the way, is the trick, I think, to playing against the deck that I don't think a lot of people will understand, Mm -hmm. if they're ever playing against it, is you don't, the engine is Slowgurk, but that card is impossible to remove, Right. so you just kill everything around it.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly, and then Slowgurk
0: loses all of its text right like you you can do the lurker thing but you don't have the mana to support it because you exactly. need the other legends to be in play
1: yeah and uh if you can Loren their uh their relic on curve um do that because that was devastating yeah, that,
0: the the draws with relic of legends and the draws without relic of legends are night and day
1: yeah and then the draws where you play a relic and then they just shrug their shoulders and play a lauren and kill your relic are um among the worst times i've had playing magic
0: because <laughs> you're about to do your cool thing and they stopped you
1: yeah i was so excited i, I got the relic in play i had legends in hand that give me a, a mana back when i play it's so oh shit, that sucks that, uh, that didn't work out at all
0: maybe they'll let you draw a card at some point no, they'll just start
1: attacking me with Rafi.
0: <laughs> Shout out to Lauren. I, I love that card. It's a great card. It's a great design. Mm-hmm. Um, But I guess that's enough of that deck. I don't expect you, I don't expect anyone really to see it at the RCQ if they're not in North If they're not playing against you, exactly. Yeah. yeah. People just don't pick up these like piles that are weird. Yeah. That's
1: mostly true and like you know you go to you had to buy a standard deck to go play in this RCQ. you didn't have these cards lying around it's less <laughs> it's not even like oh there's this like neat pioneer deck that plays these cards that i happen to mostly already own and i just need to buy this one like niche mythic rare from an old set so they cost it's like you had to buy 40 cards for this deck
0: so to be fair, this is actually one of the decks that I did have the cards lying around for. Some <laughs> of them. I I, mean, I don't have are... the bad standard legends, but I had slogurks. I had Ronas, I had relics, I had Inties. Okay. But like,
1: most people don't have those. I mean, you know, maybe Ronas and Inties, but past that.
0: Yeah. Well they didn't dream big enough with Slogurk. You gotta you gotta throw some seismic salts in your life. It's <laughs>
1: Uh, reasonably shocking that slowgurk became a thing that works in standard to
0: be fair though yeah it is it is I I bought them for modern yeah of
1: course like a format where you actually put lands into your graveyard perhaps
0: yeah someone uh this weekend or maybe it was the weekend before someone like Did well in some modern event with a seismic assault slowgirk deck, and that made me happy too. Absolutely (laughs) legendary. They were playing like four seismic assaults and three slowgirks, and that just feels so wrong to me. What do you do with the other seismic assault when you draw a lot of seismic assaults? Yeah. (laughs) At least the slowgirks can die. But anyway, that was also an anti deck because anti's great with slowgirk. Yeah, it's the perfect marriage.
1: It is, it is really sick. Inti, also just fantastic with Rona. The, like, tap Rona to just give you a free card is really, really good.
0: Yeah, Rona's fantastic, too.
1: Yeah, definitely one of the... I mean, Rona's been good in a, a reasonable number of decks, but the, uh, like, this deck uses pieces of the buffalo that I didn't even really know were there. Relic of Legends plus, plus Rona is a nice one, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Are there any other decks you really want to talk about or it's because we kind of gone over the ones we ignored for the most part Mm -hmm. but there's not all that much going on outside of it
1: no and and we haven't paid a lot of attention to the very specifics of the like black mid-range milieu and that's something that i want to kind of break apart over the next couple of weeks and kind of get a little bit more definition to my like conceptualization of the positioning of each each configuration and of individual cards that you can put into these decks because you know adjusting your preacher of the schism and gix counts is like an important thing that changes matchups entirely and and kind of want to figure out exactly what the costs and benefits are for each of these little decisions. Like, when do you play Malcolm? When do you not like, you know, there's just all these cards that can kind of slot in and out. And I think it's important to understand the the purposes of them.
0: Yeah, that's reasonable. That's something we can go into later after the first rescue. I need, I need to really yeah. be humbled with my 4C Legends experience. I, I think that that's reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> or but i also like am just
1: assuming that you will at least top eight this rcq with it that just feels like the thing that's gonna
0: happen i mean i'm usually pretty solid with these kind of decks i I pick these things up pretty quickly yeah i don't i don't need a ton of i i believe your opponents will make
1: more mistakes against you than you will make with the deck like i think that feels almost certain to me
0: yeah that, that seems reasonable I still feel like my mistakes per game action rate will be high, higher than I'd like it to be.
1: <laughs> well, there's a, there's a lot of game actions, so that if that's the denominator, that actually like helps that ratio a lot because there's so many. <laughs> yeah. Mistakes per turn, though, I think you you just like average one with this deck, regardless of how good you are with it.
0: Which, to be fair, is some of the kind of magic I like playing. Yeah. I like having clear evidence when I've messed up.
1: Because <laughs> you're just like the most dead you've ever seen.
0: Yeah, but like I have two men on top, to legend died, and I've got like three lands I could have done something with. wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, hopefully one of
1: us wins this RCQ this weekend. I mean, ideally, it'll be you with legends because then that's the funnest thing to talk about. But I'll, I'll do be my the best funnest things.
0: But I, I'm not likely to take the actual win. Because I would like to play in more RCQs, (laughs) so if I reach the finals or the semifinals, whatever the slot number is, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'll emerge the actual winner. Yeah, I understand that.
1: God, Gix is really expensive now.
0: Yeah, I told you.
1: I I bought I ordered several before this spike happened. Apparently, so that's good. Yeah, I. I did not
0: realize it at it for,
1: I thought you were so, like, it's expensive. Cause it's like $20, but
0: mm-mm. it went up. It's, so it's like, forty. What's, what's funny is I, so this is the week before the RCQ, right? We we have our first RCQ in about four days on Saturday, mm-hmm. the week before Christmas or maybe the week of Christmas, whatever, whenever that was, I messaged our little discord that people should get standard cards together like and build a deck because it would be i knew it was going to be hard to get cards like Mm -hmm. i I just already know that (laughs) and that's when i ordered the cards for the cards i didn't have for the the four color deck the version i had at the time it's since changed like i had to change the database and you ordered more cards for me since then but that's when i ordered the the very first version of the deck i was going to play and now we're like a week less than a week away and people are realizing that they don't have a deck and want to play on the tournament and i'm just (laughs) over here guys come on i i tried i tried to warn you
1: (laughs) i i yeah i ordered my cards a couple weeks ago we're still waiting for some of them to come in but i i did the best that i could um yeah geez i one of these gixes i ordered at seven dollars on december 31st i feel like i got away with something there
0: and now Gix, what's the price of Gix now?
1: Uh, I mean, on Goldfish right now is being listed as
0: $40. I don't think that's right. That doesn't sound right to me. I've pulled up. So it's funny. My ad blocker just blocked the entire TCG player page. But Perfect. Oh, Jesus, it is $40. Holy moly. Yeah. Oh, that's because they're all sold out.
1: And I got three from Star City for $8 a piece. I did good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's like technically 40 dollars but, but n- there's no one has any in stock aren't so. any. yeah <laughs> people are charging whatever they can like there's you a know, 300 discourse or whatever a run on gixes <laughs> <laughs> i mean people do need it's a very important card for standard right now and no yeah. one actually opened the sets.
1: yeah i mean that's that's another thing that contributes to this for sure is just like if people don't draft in paper because they're drafting on arena then a lot fewer cards get opened
0: total see what i one thing i've noticed with um more and more friday events or FMs or from different stores too is that they'll have i've seen increasing reports of just chaos drafts as an fnm format Hmm. because people are trying to get rid of product that they had to buy to keep their numbers up for a store but no one's actually opening <laughs> or buying. Oh boy. So yeah. There's like something wrong. Yeah. The 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 stream is a little bit
1: broken. Like the the whole system is not quite functioning the way that it needs to in order for cards to get out.
0: Yeah. And this is I I thought it was just a thing that our our local store did, but then I heard more and more reports of people doing the exact same thing. And I'm like, oh, this is just way too. Yeah, it's a systemic product. Thing. Interesting. Off. Yeah. So that's interesting. I don't know what to make of it. I'm not like a business guy. But it doesn't sound good to me. No. Gigses are hard to find.
1: <laughs> well, I've got a playset right here. Technically, I bought them for Jay. But, you know so so there's gixes around when we need them
0: i'm sure those are community gixes because i know that jay has some gixes other than those
1: okay wait did i buy these i'm pretty sure i bought these for jay yep. i think he, mm-hmm. he
0: put gixiog moth prater in as his request to me i'm positive he would yeah and if he did you know he yeah he got it <laughs> money yeah. Yeah. all
1: right thanks y'all for listening really really appreciate your time if you'd like to lend us some support, we're on Patreon. I We are halfway through commissioning a token. It's looking pretty cute. I'm very excited for this token. Yeah, me too. And I'm very excited to show it to y'all when it's ready.
0: Uh, Do we, we want to it. plug a Discord? Maybe they could see it early? Talk to us?
1: Yeah, yeah. But, well... We'll have the link to the Discord, as always, in the show notes. Feel free to join, uh, and then, you know, you don't need to be a patron to join the Discord and come hang out. That's it for us. Have a great week.
0: Bye. Good luck in RCQs.
1: Yeah. Good, good luck to us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>